everybody, hello and welcome back to Press B to Cancel. My name is Guy Prime and we are here today with a very special guest, somebody you've heard talked about or mentioned on the podcast before, but it will be her first time joining us for an actual episode, uh, the one and only Captain High Five. Say hello. Hi, I'm here. I'm doing it. I know and we are thrilled to have you. Today's episode is a very special one, but before I get into that, I want to make sure everybody knows the other voices in the room today. We're going to start off with my good friend, Werewolf. Oh, these people don't need to know who I am. It's okay. Well, I'm not giving out like you're social. <laughs> Jake, do you guys know what social security numbers are? Do you guys have those up in, in Canada? No, also, Jake is here. No, in Canada, we don't have social insurance numbers. Uh, GP, up here, we have a large stone tablet in the capital, and all our names are chiseled, chiseled there. <laughs> and when it comes to tax time, we have to deliver our taxes in person and drop them off. Do you ride a horse? No, we just take a bunch of cats and tape them together. Oh, we have to do that in America. But I think the only difference is they tax the cats. They tax everything here. That's socialism for you. But yeah, I'm looking forward to this episode. I'm really looking forward to hearing how great Final Fantasy VIII is. (laughs) Right. So that takes us to the premise of the episode, which is Captain High Five, I think, is of the opinion that Final Fantasy VIII is a great game. And we wanted to kind of <laughs> don't back out now. No, yeah, we can't bail on yeah, the what, what is the this? I mean, <laughs> I I wasn't told this until tonight, but right, I'm yeah. ready. I'm willing. Okay, cool, cool. So for maybe, anybody maybe who's out there, great but worthwhile might be the, right, the, the better word. Right, it just got a bad rap. Yeah. Right. Okay. So yeah, for anybody who doesn't know, Final Fantasy VIII, or as it's known, not Final Fantasy VII was released a couple years after Final Fantasy VII, so what, like 1999 or 2000? 99, yeah. 99. Four-disc game on the PlayStation 1. It's been remastered, reported a number of times, but I think 0% of the time it's made a huge difference. And with that said, Captain High Five, why is this your favorite game? Oh, my God. I know, I'm starting early. Oh, okay. Well, it's not my favorite game, but... I find people either really love it or really hate it, right. and I I land in the middle. I I'm not obsessed with it, but I still wanted to replay it, and I did. And if I really hated it, I definitely wouldn't have done that. So it's interesting. I think it's it's odd that it's so polarizing because I really can't understand why anyone would super super completely hate it and write it off but nor can i understand when it's someone's all-time favorite game and i've met a lot of those people a lot they really love it they really really love it gosh i don't know what do you think should i try to talk about why i think people really love it even if i'm not one of them well yeah i that's the thing is of all the people that i know Mm -hmm. you are the one who has been like the biggest proponent of well hold on now it's not the worst thing ever and yeah, which is interesting <laughs> that, that I'm the one because <laughs> I'm really okay. A year ago, go on. Yeah, a year ago, I had done a playthrough of Final Fantasy one through seven, and half of those games I had never played all the way through, or they were complete blind runs. And mm-hmm. I gave some serious thought to playing eight, and it was always a possibility until I finished Final Fantasy two. Now, I mentioned that for something I'll bring up later on in, in the episode. But I ended up not doing 8 because I thought it's just not something a lot of people care for. And I didn't want to have to spend my time explaining 
why I wasn't playing it or why I was playing if I if I had chosen to. Uh, so when I finished my marathon, you picked up at eight, and I was lucky enough to be able to watch a large portion of you playing that game, and it's not as bad as I remember. So the question, and then I also want to check in with the other two fellows, is it better after you've had some real life events, like as you've grown and matured as a gamer, do you find the game fits a little bit better into your understanding of life? And then, of course, the question to the fellows is, have you guys played Final Fantasy VIII? Yeah, have you all played it? I never beat it. I bought it when it came out, and I tried. <laughs> yeah. I, I tried over and over, and I just I couldn't bring myself to finish it. Mm-hmm. Granted, what, in 1999, I was... 16 i was depressed for a couple of reasons that we'll not get into here because i don't want to bring the podcast down that far and uh yeah i just (laughs) i think ultimately it didn't mesh with where i was at in life at the time i don't think i cared to care about the characters in the game at that point do you remember about how far you had made it of the four discs, do you remember like what events in the game were transpiring or did you even make it out of the first disc? Oh, no, no. I made it out of the first disc. I got to at least... So there's two major things I remember happening. One was getting the airship. Oh, that's pretty late. That's pretty late in the game. And the other thing I remember... So I I want to say the lunatic pandora is a point where i stopped playing like i was supposed to go there or i was there and stopped yeah did you go to space (laughs) i don't i didn't go to space no (laughs) um the other thing i remember is the characters realizing they knew each other as children and that was a point where i was just like all right that's pretty unbelievable i'm kind of (laughs) out it's so funny because as we started this, I was starting to formulate a theory and I was like, yeah, I'm onto something. I'm onto something. And then everything you just said was like, nope, that can't be it. Because what I was thinking was that I think you all are just a hair older than I am. Not like tons, but I'm a few years younger. And I played it though around that age. I think I was 16 when I first picked it up. I got it when it was like marked down to 16.99, and I bought it with my own money, which was a big deal at the time. Right. And played the crap out of it. And a lot of my friends did too. But what I've noticed is that it seems like generally not a, not a hard and fast rule, but generally the people who seem to really love it are actually even younger than me. And I was thinking, Oh, maybe it's something about like the depressed teenager vibe that you have to be (laughs) a depressed teenager to, (laughs) to really sink your teeth into it because I liked it more when I was a teenager than I do now story wise. Some things land differently now, but a lot of the things that I thought were kind of lame, like especially what you just described about them finding out that they all knew each other, because what it feels like is that all of these characters were more or less the same character with a different skin. I'm like, wait, what? They're all the same age. They all have the same backstory. Really? This is what we're going for after the like rich history of character development in all of the other Final Fantasy games. This, this is where they decided to go with this one. It was so bizarre to me. See, that's, 
This is why we needed you for this episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so for me, I did play this and I did beat it. Uh, I was also a teenager. I don't think I was angsty, but maybe I was. But um, So for me, I didn't have a PlayStation when it first came out. So I actually mm-hmm. borrowed a buddy's system and his copy of Final Fantasy VII. And that's my first time playing the, the modern Final Fantasies. And then when eight came out, I told myself, all right, I'm going to get my own PlayStation and I'm going to buy this game. Because I, I did enjoy seven. I thought seven was pretty good. And like, how can you go, how can you go wrong with Final Fantasy? I mean, how, how can they mess that up? And uh, I mean, to be fair, when I first got that disc at home, I watched the intro maybe 10 times before I even started playing. It was the game. very cool. Yeah. Very, very cool. Right. So like the game is presentation wise, it's just, it's just epic. And it wasn't really until I started playing through the game. And I think the story, and maybe we can talk about that later, but the story really did lose me. Much like you guys, I didn't buy the orphan thing at all. And I didn't really care for the love story as the basically being the major thing. So the story kind of lost me halfway through, but I still beat it. But I think the reason I don't like it so much, and it's only compounded now, is because of the the lack of magic points, the magic system, and how you're having to constantly draw magic and store it as a resource to, for the junction system to boost your stats. And if you don't do that, mm-hmm. or if you don't grind for that, I, I kind of feel you it makes the game a lot harder. And I found that as a teenager when I played it originally. And when I tried playing it again, not too long ago, I did try again. I hate grinding now that I'm older. I just don't have the time for it. So, And that's not a, a dig at Final Fantasy VIII. I don't like grinding in games pretty much, period. Unless, I mean, some exceptions, but... I'm not big on RPGs now like I was when I was a teenager. Yeah, I agree with so much of that. There's a tolerance for grinding I had when I had nothing else to do that I do not have now. And I think one of the only reasons that I was able to get through the entire playthrough this past year when I played it again was because it was the remastered version. So you could fast forward and turn on God mode. So something that would have taken like 25 minutes to draw a hundred magic. It took like three minutes so I could just cruise through it. It was a little tedious, but not, you know, not what it used to be. Right. When yeah. I, when I've brought that up with people about how junctioning mat, well, I don't mind junctioning the magic. It's just drawing the magic. I don't care for that. And I don't care for how junctioning the magic. Then if you use the spells, your stats go down. So there's not much incentive to use the magic. And I don't really like that either, but Drawing the magic is so tedious, and people say, well, that's why you use the GF abilities and you modify your items. And it's like, well, you have to grind to get those items. I mean, there's no way around it. Like, you're spending time. You don't just have those items, and you don't just have those abilities. So, sure, it might take less time to make the ultimate magic spells, right? Like Ultima and Holy and stuff, if you have the items, but you have to get the items. Right. So no matter what, there's grinding. Yeah. Yeah. But I feel like we should talk about some of the positive things because you you did bring up watching that intro so many times. And I think you really hit it. It is sweeping the music and the graphics. Like, what a change. Final Fantasy VII (laughs) is so cute and so weird and so gritty. They do, like, ten different graphic styles in that game. Like, there's the weird polygon people, and then there's the cinematic scenes, and then there's other stuff in between. That game is all over the place, and it's really fun and experimental, Well, but it's raw. Well, there's a reason for that that comes from (laughs) corporate at the time, actually. The executives 
wanted to stick with the chibi look from previous Final Fantasies, mm-hmm. whereas the director, Hironobu Sakaguchi, I believe it was at the time, he wanted to go with a more realistic character model. And so that's why it's all over the place is he snuck it into seven where he could. And then with eight, he actually got to go that route. Yeah. And it's really, it's really striking, especially, you know, I remember I I've told guy prime this story, but I don't think that many people know it. My, my first video game that was mine and only mine was Mario Paint. I have three older brothers, and so we always had Nintendo systems because four people can play. Right. So when I got my own video game, it became like, okay, like your sister is part of the decision-making committee here for games and gaming systems. And so the PlayStation was happening, and it was like, well, what are we doing? Are we going to trade in the Super Nintendo for a PlayStation? And my mom made a big deal of being like, you have to talk to your sister because she has games too. And they showed me a video of Final Fantasy VII, and I was like, yeah, get it. What? Yes, get that. <laughs> and I was probably, I don't know, eight. Like, I was, I was pretty young, but I was so struck. And so I think people were really hungry for these more realistic games and these better and better graphics. And Final Fantasy VIII at the time was really cool. It was really, really cool to look at. It was just like, ah, what is this? It's so real. That's what you wanted. You want it to be in those games. I mean, it doesn't look good now, but it did then. Uh, yeah. Well, that was the thing. Like, There's that meme, right, with Squall's eyes, right? For PlayStation <laughs> 1, it's very pixelated. But back then on a CRT, it, it looked good. There's no doubt about yeah. it. I mean, looking back at it now, yeah, it looks not so great. But back then, it was, mm-hmm. it was cutting edge. Totally. Right. The remaster looked pretty good, too, like for what it is. That's the one that you played, though. Is that right? When I was mm-hmm. watching you, okay. Yeah, I was playing the remaster more recently. Right. Yeah. There's. There's. I remember the hype from like a number of people when that came out. It was a, a definitely like a noticeable difference. But going back to the the differences between like Final Fantasy aesthetically uh, seven and then eight, I remember my initial impression of eight was that it was like the reverse of what they did with seven, where seven was lush backgrounds and beautiful scenery and then kind of not uniform or great looking character sprites but then with eight it was fully formed good looking character sprites and very blocky pixelated backgrounds Hmm. yeah it's hard for me to remember since i just came off of the remaster because i think that's something they addressed you know so a bit so the graphics like the textures on the models and the number of polygons has increased. But the thing with, with these games and the remasters is people are expecting miracles, but <laughs> the backgrounds in these games are all pre-rendered and it's pre-rendered to a low resolution. And that's the same as it was in 99 as it is today with the remaster. There's nothing they can mm. do there unless they want to completely make the game from the ground up, which they're not going to do. So when you look at the remaster, the models look great and the special effects, the spells look a lot better, but the backgrounds are still pre-rendered and you have to take it for what it is. They, they couldn't really improve that very much. So it is a little blurry when you look at today. But back then, I, I thought it looked pretty good compared to Final Fantasy VII myself. I mean, I think it was easier to navigate. There are things in Final Fantasy VII where I, where I would be stuck in a room for like two hours because I didn't understand what I was looking at. 
But it's a lot more cluttered I, in Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. Whereas eight is a lot more sterile, more like totalitarian, right? Like it's the academies, the universities are very clean. You didn't have that mm-hmm. in Final Fantasy VII. Yeah, well, you guys know my... Yeah, if anything, it was a little repetitive sometimes. <laughs> you guys know my story about being stuck in the Temple of Ancients clock room mm. for uh, 45 hours. So. <laughs> That's true at game right there. One. Oh, my God. Mm. I destroyed the rest of the game eventually. But anyway. I, w- I wanted to touch on that point, too, as far as the hype of 8. When I got a PlayStation, it was before 7 came out. I got Tobal, and... Part of the reason I got that game was because it came with the Final Fantasy VII demo. So I was excited to play mm. that. And I played that demo quite a bit. The eight demo, I believe it was a pack-in with Brave Fencer. I don't remember if it was Brave Fencer or Xenogears, but I want to say it was Brave Fencer. It's also magazines, too. Well, I I had the one that was a pack-in. And I, the reason I don't remember which one is because I've gotten rid of both of those games since. But I probably played the demo for eight way more than I played the demo for seven. I like the music, the presentation, like you guys were saying, all that top notch, particularly in that demo, the demo did wonders to hype me for final fantasy eight. I was super excited about this game. So then when it released and you know, you get that moment, but then everything else seems a lot slower paced than what you were given in the demo it kind of brings you down a little bit. And when you have that much hype and it's not met, it brings you down even further. What, uh, what part of the game did the demo feature? It was the attack on the, uh, it's when you come up on the beach and you go up through yeah, the city wait, and it did it have and that then you big have to robot escape. thing. Yeah. Yes. That part is so cool. It's like what I noticed about it playing the whole game is that there are some chunks of the game that are so solid. Like that part, that whole mission, it's very cool. They draw you in. There's a lot going on with the characters. There's intermittent CGI scenes that like draw you back in visually in a major way. And then there's parts of the game that you just, it, oh, it's so boring. It's so frustrating. And you're just waiting for something to happen. Or you're in a city that's too big and it's not fun to walk around. Like it just suffers from terrible pacing, unfortunately. Well, like even from the opening of the game, right? That opening cinematic, right? The music, the sweeping the beach, the the, the opera, then you're fighting with Suffer, and then it ends with a slash across the face. You're all hyped to start this game. And then the game is just, you wake up in a hospital at a school and you end up yeah. on a grand tour for <laughs> right. like five hours. And you're like, Forever. Oh, right, right. And you have Welcome to find to people the and go office. to a cave. Yeah. Here's the cafeteria. Great. Get the hot Great. dogs. Thanks. Join yeah. a club. Just keep making jokes about those hot dogs, like for the whole game. Oh my gosh. It does. It takes forever. But you're right though, that there's certain scenes that are, really epic the one that will always stand out for me is the battle of the garden sequence and there's a part where you're hanging from a rope or something punching a dude while you're panning across the gardens yeah. as the, the, the battle is happening that is like next level epic and it's a mix of mm-hmm. actual 3d polygon characters with the pre-rendered background movies like final Fantasy 7 did a little bit of that but eight really ramped it up and it was awesome that's like my favorite scene in the entire game it's cool. That part's that. like a mini game too, because you have to. There's like buttons you have to press. I don't remember exactly yes. how it works, but it's outside of what any of the usual gameplay is like. 
yeah, it's like punch kick or something like that. But it's just, it's just off. It's just awesome. Like the music and there's a section where they, for some reason, they're taking motorcycles and ramping off one garden to land the other one. <laughs> totally impractical, but it's really cool sequence. So it has, yeah. it has style and presentation. But between that, <laughs> you're right. There's some, there's some stretches. Mm-hmm. We've talked about the music a couple of times, and that's something I, I really want to touch on as well. I'm a huge fan of the music and the Final Fantasy games, like particularly everything Obu Matsu did. Um, after you know, after his time, I don't, I don't enjoy the music as much. It's fine. It just isn't the same. But something I've noticed is that Final Fantasy VIII, I feel like, is where he started to explore more with what it meant to have an overarching theme song. So Eyes on Me is an okay song. Like, I like it, the pop song. But what's so cool is that that melody finds its way into so much of the music in really sometimes really obvious ways. Sometimes it's really subtle, but there's so much more done to make it feel like a a complete soundtrack telling one story that's the same. All of his music tells a story and, and really beautiful things happen. But in that game, I think is when he started to really push what it meant to have a full narrative within the music. Cause nine is like that too. Final Fantasy nine has the recurring theme and it's, also really impactful a few years ago gosh like a long time ago now i went to one of the distant worlds concerts i think in baltimore oh, i'm jealous and it was, <laughs> they're so cool if you can ever go to one you should i've been to like three of them <laughs> i really <laughs> wow i really love this music and I was kind of sick. I wasn't feeling great. It was like a road trip that sort of went bad, but I was really excited. And they played the song. It's called Love Grows, I think, from Final Fantasy VIII. And it's not like it has a lot of eyes on me in it, but it's not. It's not that song. There's no vocals. And it made me cry. And I was shocked because I was like, this is the song. Like, I'm here hearing all of this music. And this is the one that is, like, moving me. I just couldn't believe it because I don't, I mean, as I've made pretty clear, like, I don't feel super attached to this world, these characters. But that hit me. So I think something something about the appeal is, again, like this packaged presentation what it looks like, what it sounds like, what it feels like. It's just that the game isn't very good. (laughs) (laughs) Well, but yeah, if you have enough great stuff around, forgive me for saying this, but if you've got like a whole bunch of shrimp cocktail and then you figure out the garnish in the middle is just like a turd or something you don't Mm. really care. It's it's (laughs) kind of that way. Like I'm here for the shrimp cocktail I have to acknowledge the turd at the middle of this thing, but I'm going to keep going with the shrimp cocktail. Yeah. And, you know, not to be too crude with it, but I think that's kind of eight. It's definitely worth playing or eating all the shrimp cocktail. But, uh, you know, at the end, you look back and and how often are you going to want to eat all that shrimp cocktail? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, To your point, though, about recurring musical themes, it's one of the things I love about the music of Final Fantasy IV I know you all know how I feel about 4, but if you go back and listen to 
the theme of love, I think is what it's called, but it's a, mm. kind of the, the love song between Cecil and Rosa. Mm. Uh, after like kind of the first verse or the second verse, there's like this kind of swelling part. And then in the background, you can hear like the harp arpeggios that kind of go up and down. Like I always call it the, the Pac-Man noise, but it's, um, it, it's the, the main prelude to all of the Final Fantasies played in the yes. background. And I remember the first time noticing that uh, on the original Super Nintendo version. And then whenever they came out with the, uh, the 3D remake for the DS, hearing that redone, like that, that brought me to tears. So there is absolutely no judgment in what you were saying about distant worlds. Because, I mean, live music does that to me anyways. And so if mm-hmm. it's something that's beautiful, then of, of course it's going gonna, it's gonna to move through you that way. And distant worlds is... is coming to an area near me and I'm going to try to get to it in, in the spring uh, or the winter because that is like a bucket list thing. But I've had fears about going because I know I will be a, an emotional mess during oh, yeah. probably the majority of the concert. <laughs> it's so good though. It's yeah. so worth it. Do it if you can. Yeah. For the, so you guys mentioned about the music and how for eight, it was kind of like a, a larger theme for the entire game. Because now that I think about it, four, five, six, even seven, were very big on character-specific theme songs, right? And they're very mm-hmm. memorable. I remember all the themes from six, for example. Yeah, the music's great. Yeah, but eight seems less about character-focused themes and more about the overarching, overarching theme of the story. Is it like that in the later Final Fantasy games? Because eight kind of <laughs> eight kind of ruined me on it. So I haven't played after eight. But does, oh. it, does they, did they move away at that point away from the character-specific theme songs? Um, I mean, I can't, I, gosh, I just played eight and I can't even remember if the characters have themes, which seems wild to me. Nine, the characters have themes, but there's also a really strong, like overarching musical thing happening. And so the music in nine, nine is m- maybe my favorite. In fact, nine it's like the, they okay. looked at eight and they were like, Ooh, we're so sorry. And then they, <laughs> <laughs> they decided to go back to something to me that feels more like, like the super Nintendo era in terms right. of what the world feels like, but with the PlayStation's power. So, you know, I, I love it. And the music, they definitely have character themes. They have all kinds of stuff. It's if wild. you recall, and it, four did have all the character themes and all that, but the main theme of Final Fantasy four, when you're walking around the overworld, that tune gets used quite a few times in various forms throughout the game. It's the sad music. Gosh, it, there's at least another one I can think of, but I want to say it's used four or five times at the very least. Yeah. Uh, well, now I'm sorry. Now I'm like playing. I know. The game I'm just like thing. thinking about it. <laughs> but I do remember it from four because I mean I'm with GP on that one. That's one of my favorites. <laughs> I think for eight, I think the only character theme I remember for eight is Laguna's theme. It's probably more yes. the, the battle theme, it, especially. Yeah, too. it's his yeah. battle music. That was okay. I'm glad you mentioned Laguna because I forgot. I all the time when I was playing it this last time, I'm like, I just want to play Laguna's game. Yeah. Why is Squall the main character? He doesn't talk. He's so grumpy. And actually, I I was surprised. I actually agreed with most things Squall was saying when he would deign to talk. I was like, wow, everyone around him is 
awful right now. Like they're gaslighting him. <laughs> but mostly I was like, Laguna's a nice guy. He's got a good song. He, I want to know more about his story. I just, oh. And the love story stuff. I like a good love story, but there's something just like low key creepy about the Squall and Renoa story because it's like, I mean, I'm going to spoil it. So, you know, if you don't know, sorry, don't listen. Been 20 years. You don't years, want it's okay. to know. Right. I know. <laughs> just like, ugh. So, you know, the whole deal is that like Renoa's mom and Squall's dad had a crush on each other that they never pursued. They did not know each other very well. And then they went their separate ways and met other people who were great. And they had children. And then those, so Renault and Squall, and then Renault and Squall meet each other and I guess are in love. And it's just like, mm, I don't know. You guys are almost more like brother and sister. It's weird. I don't yeah. care for it. <laughs> but then the, there's more to that than just that. Like the other major spoiler is not ever directly mentioned in the game, but it's been confirmed by people who worked on it at this point that at the end of disc one, everything beyond that is Squall's fever dream while he's dying. Really? Yes. So when he That's gets confirmed? struck by that icicle in the by chest, the icicle? he's dying. And the entire rest of the game is his fever dream, which is why oh, Renoa Jesus, all of a sudden God, is, What is this game even about? Right? Like, which is, is why that? all of a sudden Renoa is all over Squall when up to this point she had been like, I'm with Cypher. And just now Cypher is just complete bad guy instead of just a rival jackass at the school. Things like that. Like everybody becomes very two dimensional because it's Squall's <sighs> fever dream. God, I don't know. <laughs> that, that makes me hate. I don't not hate Squall, but that makes me like him less. Like that's yeah, kind of to too. me the other thing about the game is I don't know that there's been another Final Fantasy where I've cared less about the characters. Yeah, yeah. I just what even okay. What then? What <laughs> what is the end of the story? So if nothing is real after he gets stabbed with icicles, what? So the sorceress is just evil, and that's it. And then yeah, what? we Does she take we over don't the get world? to know like we just don't know. Squall's adventure ends at the end of disc one. <laughs> Why would we even care? It's such a weird choice. And interestingly enough, I was talking to Wife Wolf last night about all this, explaining why I dislike Final Fantasy VIII. And when I was explaining it to her, all the reasons that make me dislike it, at least from a story point, not mechanically, of course. She was like, well, that makes me interested in it. I actually want to know about this game now. <laughs> so you can be mad at the end when you yeah, realize I don't... the game ended three discs ago? Like, <sighs> But it's also easier to say, like, I'm intrigued and I want to know more without saying, I just devoted 40 or 50 hours of my life only to have the rug pulled this out. This is true. Right. Well, also the problem with that, like, like, sure, it was a dream. Okay. But like, then Squall's dream is terrible. Like, it makes <laughs> sense for him to dream about getting a girlfriend or people just being who they are. But why would he dream about drawing magic? Like, what a terrible brain he has. I kind of <laughs> hate him terrible. for it. <laughs> like, wait, wait. like, wouldn't you just dream? 
you were more powerful or whatever. Like, this is his wildest dream. Ugh. He's truly an angsty teenager student, and he's yeah. just dreaming about his art, man. It's all about the art. Nobody <laughs> understands him. It's all about mm-hmm. the art. You occasionally yeah. rent a car. <laughs> but eventually you upgrade to a spaceship. Yeah. And a spaceship, yeah. Well, and you hate that. You hate when things are gimmicky, like she was or he was dead the whole time, you know, or, you know, the character was a dog. Who the hell does that? Like, it's stupid. Yeah. I never quite understood the story of this game at all either. Like, from my understanding, the end is it's the idea of a sorceress from the future who sends her mind back in time to try to gather all sources together to become this god or something. Have I got it right? It's been ages since I've looked at the story of this game. You're, I, I you're never you know it. what? I just played it and I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I see to me like that I, I dig actually. Anytime there's diabolical time travel involved, I like that. It's it's always more interesting when the bad guys have the ability to manipulate time instead of good. And Jake, if you hate that, you are not going to potential spoilers like anything that's about to happen in the Marvel movies. So just <laughs> let's let's expand the mind there, King the Conqueror. <laughs> But uh, anyways, that's not what the episode's about. But no, I actually, I didn't mind that. One of the things I have bullet pointed in my notes uh, that I keep that are right in front of me here, you can hear me rustling these papers that are totally the notes, uh, <laughs> <laughs> was, was going to be, you know, comparing and contrasting Ultimecia and, and all that to some of the other big bads from other Final, Fan- uh, Final Fantasy uh, entries. You know, where, where, does, where does that bad guy uh, or, or evil person uh, stack up for you all. I I thought Adia was really cool, like aesthetically, and she was scary and really powerful. You know, as Final Fantasy games are sometimes want to do, they're like, but actually, someone else is the villain, and actually, someone else is the villain because yeah. there's like Adele too, or whatever. There's like there's all these sorceresses. I just. Ugh, I just don't care. I don't care about them. Pay no Adia attention was cool to the giant crystal head behind stuck the with curtain. Her. Yeah. <laughs> I like Adia. And that's not just because I took a quiz about which Final Fantasy VIII character I am, and that's mm-hmm. who it was. Mm-hmm. She's cool. But yeah. then they, you know, they go a different direction with her. So. Well, they also, again, comparing and contrasting to, well, let's say Seven, Sephiroth was basically just like a well, the original, but I was going to say dark copy of what the protagonist was supposed to be. I, I don't like the trope of the, the big bad being the dark version of the hero. And I think with, you know, Adia, we, we, we don't have to worry about that quite so much. And I, I, I appreciated that for what that's worth. Yeah, I just wish they had stuck with her. I think something I really like about Seven and Six, and I can't remember the other ones well enough right now, but having a consistent bad guy, even though like there may be other forces of evil that come in and out of it and other things to worry about, you kind of know who you're battling the whole time. Right. Like she's no Kefka, right? Because Kefka is going to be mm-hmm. got to be one of the all time greatest villains, not just oh fantasy, but period, put, right? Put, yeah. put it in a bracket, Jake, then we'll talk. Well, if you insist. <laughs> But uh, so Kefka is great, but then so she's not as good as Kefka, but I think she's far better than uh, what's his name, Sephiroth. I think Sephiroth is a very lame villain. I just, I'd never Mm. cared for his character at all, but I also don't like Cloud, to be fair. But uh, Mm. so she's better than than him for sure. 
yeah, I, I I'm with you about cloud because I've never been big into the reluctant, angsty hero, like the emo hero. But then they brought out Squall. And I, I feel like they, they said, you know, nobody can be worse than Cloud. And then they're Double like, down. hold my beer. Here, yeah, here's, you thought that was emo. Yeah, this one has a fur jacket. Come on. <laughs> but gun He's got a wallet really, chain. Really dope. You know. right? He's got a wallet chain. <laughs> At that point, like you said, it's just, he's really into his art. And I like it. He's got a great, a great weapon, though. I get, I give him that. Yeah. The gunblade, I think, is one of the favorite things I have in this game. Is is a gunblade, and I'm so glad they brought that idea to Final Fantasy XIV. The the MMO, they have a class to use that now. So oh, I, I like the cool. idea of the weapon, as impractical as strapping a handgun is to a sword. The idea mm-hmm. is cool. Well, if yeah. you think about like in Hollywood, people who are gun wielders oftentimes will will run at or charge the person they're about to shoot, which is stupid. Because you have a gun. It's a long-range weapon. Anyway, now they have a reason to do that. Why are you charging at this person? You have a gun. Well, it's also a sword. That's my, that honest to God, like, that's that's my take on why they put a gun in a sword. It's goofy, but it seems very Final Fantasy, so I don't mind it. But I did not like the system for weapons in general in Final Fantasy VIII. Like, you had to find magazines and have very yes. specific items to upgrade your weapons. And it also just didn't even make a difference, hardly. Your stats barely changed. There was no reason to do it. You unlocked the uh, limit breaks, I think, with it, right? Uh, for some of them, I think. But they didn't all have that system. Like, Irvine, you just had to have the right ammo. And so his limit breaks were as good as your stock. Okay. But I think maybe Zell. I think Zell's limit break was weapon dependent. Renoa's wasn't. Um, Selfie's wasn't. Quistus wasn't. No, like so, not really. Okay. Yeah, I didn't care for it either. Actually, because so you played the remaster. So the one thing I, yeah. I was reading about reviews of the remaster, and um, so I didn't realize about the original PlayStation game because of the power it was using on that system. It ran at thirty frames on the overworld map. Combat was only fifteen frames per second. <laughs> it was oh really bad God. on PlayStation. Oh, wow. But the way people didn't notice, though, is because of the way the PlayStation was designed, combat was 15 frames per second, but the UI on top of combat for the menus and battle system, that ran at a smooth 60. So that's mm-hmm. why you maybe not have noticed as much and more of it as like a graphical style. All it really was because it was sluggish. But anyway, so 60 frames on PS1 for the, the battle UI, 15 in combat. On the port or the remaster, they used they based it on the play, uh, the PC version, and they did it kind of screwed up. They whether they couldn't do it because they lost the code, which is what I heard, or they just did it wrong. But it's uh, thirty on the overworld, it's sixteen in combat, but then the <laughs> UI is tied to the frame rate. It's stuck, so the UI in the remaster edition is sixteen frames per second, is what I was reading, and a lot of people are complaining <laughs> about that because in the limit break system squalls it's like a uh there's like the lines you have to hit the button yeah, when it's between it two to, lines it's like a yeah. specific timing thing which on the playstation version is very smooth and easy to do but apparently people were complaining the remaster was a little bit sluggish than that so that's kind of neat how well neat and bad for the yeah. remaster <laughs> right it's interesting but it it's yeah. not doing anyone any good <laughs> oh oh my gosh the I, the okay another thing i think is good is the card game. The card oh, yeah. game's really, really yeah. fun. Wait. Hands down. 
No, 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 no. I've talked about this in the past. I preferred Tetra Master. You're, you're a master. Oh, I don't understand. <laughs> I, I don't understand I why people prefer Triple Triad. I feel like Tetra Master is so much more intuitive, so much more fun, more challenging. Wow. And I, fortunately, I was backed on this a while back. Seneca Gaming has this same stance. And I was like, finally, mm. somebody, so I don't feel like a complete outcast. <laughs> when I play Final Fantasy IX again, I'll I'll get back to you. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, I think we can all agree, though. Blitzball, yes, no. Blitzball, never played it. It's fine. It's fine. Okay, yeah. And I gotta admit, <laughs> I, I I lean triple triad, but again, I'm a sucker for alliteration, so mm. I'm predisposed. Mm-hmm. The only thing I didn't like about triple triad was. The different rules in each region is great at first, but there's one region that has the random rule, and that just screws with the entire fun of the game when you can't pick your cards in your hand. So to avoid the random rule infecting your game and spreading across the planet like a plague, you need some steps to get around that. And that, that was the only part of Triple Triad I didn't like. That's why in the MMO, Final Fantasy XIV has Triple Triad, and it's, it's fantastic because <laughs> I don't have to worry about that crap. Can I just go back to breeding chocobos? You can do that too. Thank you. So many chocobos. Um, <laughs> I when I played through the remaster recently, I absolutely was clicking through walkthroughs sometimes to be like, all right, well, what do I want to do here? Trying to decide because I I'm not often the 100% player on anything unless I just don't want to set the game down. So I mean, there's actually. Another big thing about eight that's disappointing is like, if I really loved it, I would love the opportunity to, after I beat it, oh, I did, so, I missed some side quests. Let me do them. No, they're all nope. closed. They're all <laughs> closed on the last disc. Like, oh, okay. So I can't even go back and get stuff I missed. Absolutely not. So that's a huge failing. But it really felt like when I was reading through the side quests, trying to decide, okay, which ones will be most fun that I feel like doing? And I kind of made it my thing. I'm like, I want to get all of the summons. I would like to have that full set and not worry so much about anything else. But reading through some of the other stuff, like the card quest, I just, uh, you know, I think it's fine to have complicated things or things that would be hard to stumble upon. But some of the side quests in Final Fantasy, I just honestly, I do not understand how you would know how to do them just by playing even if you clicked on everything did everything like the card game requires you losing specific cards to certain yep. people that's absurd why would they do that how would that happen to you if you didn't read a walkthrough the only way i got it is because i bought the the brady games guide to final fantasy 8 <laughs> i have that too. yeah yeah i mean is that what it is is it about wanting to sell guides because i just you how could you possibly Right. Well, and that's the other thing is there's a very fine line, but a big difference between a, a quest and a chore. Mm -hmm. And I, yeah, I think the, the moment you, you throw that line out, it's, there's no going back because, you know, it's Pandora's box at that point. Well, if we're going to have them do all this, why not have them do all this? Because it's either not quite as bad as the other thing or maybe just a little bit worse. So yeah. it's, yeah, it's, I'm with you. That's, that's terrible. 
Yeah, I mean, the card one is specifically bad. You know, that's just really egregious. But even another one, it was like something in the Shumi village. It, it involved talking to people in a certain order for that you would never intuit. You would just have to talk to everyone between every line of dialogue to make it happen accidentally. And then going to another town and talking to someone who just has nothing to do with it. I mean, it's not even like, oh, I remember that guy. It's just like, no, and then you just have to go talk to him and then go back to the other town. I mean, it made no sense. Right. You would never do this. This would never happen. One of the things with Final Fantasy that I guess sometimes people don't realize is there's no quest log, right? Not like modern RPGs where there's quest logs and side quests are tracked and tell you hints of oh, what you're, where yeah. you left off. There's none of that in the Final Fantasy games. You really, you really are. Mm -hmm. It's obscure and what you need to do sometimes. Even quest the main log, quest I got being lost. The, uh... <laughs> Quest log, or quest log being the famous drummer for the Roots. Yes, notable listener, Presby. Quest log. Right, of course. quest log. Yeah. Very good. Jimmy Squall, head in the talk show. <laughs> so uh, you had mentioned, and then we, we kind of moved on from it, but I want to go back and heap some praises onto the design and execution of the summons in, 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 this, in this game. One thing I do love, actually, about 8 is... Uh, the way that you find them, the way that you play them, all, all of that kind of stuff, the way that you build them. It was probably a mistake to give us the ability to name them. <laughs> 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 but, you know, I think of Ifrit, uh, I think is, is I'm not going to tell you <laughs> what the standard name in this household is for when we get Ifrit. But uh, they, I don't know, they, they just look so beautiful and I, I love how, how grand they are. Uh, which I think is a trend that started with seven, but I think eight, uh, in a lot of a lot of respects, did it even better. What do you guys think? I will say I, I looked at a few of the summons because the only thing I remember is the the keep you busy button because when you summon a, a guardian, you can smash a button to increase the power, right. and the one you did a lot with was Eden, which is the big. It's like this UFO thing surrounded by TV screens, <laughs> and then all of a sudden the solar system itself emits a beam of energy and just plows into the planet below and how anything survives i don't know but that that damn thing is 70 seconds long it's insanely <laughs> stupidly long and i i think it's cool yeah but i never want to do that summon more than once a fight it, it just seems like a waste of time although if with the, the speed up the three times speed uh ability on the remaster might make that a little more tolerable i think right how did we not realize this was a fever dream going off of that actually yes <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's nights of the round also when when trying to beat Emerald yeah. Weapon. You don't want to spam it because it makes everything you're doing not near as fun. But, uh, yeah, Eden was good. Yeah, I mean, I, I like the summons, you know, in, in general. I, the art, the way they organize the menu with the, like, narrow portraits yeah. is cool. It's, like, aesthetically interesting. And then Carbuncle's really cute. I, I like I like <laughs> that. Clever. But I don't, I don't love, I don't love their justification that we talked about before of they inhabit your brain and you forget your childhood. And oh, okay. Oh, is that why they don't remember that they're all orphans? Yes. Yeah. That's and so that's, stupid. That's why <laughs> I know. That's why Irvine remembers because he hadn't gotten a GF yet. So <laughs> all the kids at the better funded garden i guess like got their gfs oh and selfie had like a little 
blip too. She was like, wait, I didn't get one early. She's like, oh, what? I found one when I was 12 and I equipped it. I'm like, what? So like you found like a demon basically. <laughs> and okay. Like it just, it's just such a weak justification. And if it's such a, I don't know. I mean, I guess they're not, this is what they're suggesting is that it is rare. Like these are primo fighters who have this ability. It's not like everybody does, but everyone who's really powerful that you meet is equipping them. It just seems like if they take up that much space in your brain and give you amnesia, like would everyone be fighting so much? What do they <laughs> like? What are the long-term effects here? They just don't seem to address it very well. You would think that's something they would have brought up early in the game too, is the fact that GFs cause long-term memory loss, you know? Yeah, and also that sounds kind of like child abuse in this case because these are very young people in a school. And like, there's children at that school. Had they incorporated that into something in the story, you know, when the kids are in school early in the game or something, to let you know, yeah, this is a thing that can happen? I think at that point, I wouldn't have just thrown my hands up in the air and felt like I'm done with these characters entirely. Yeah, or if it was... If it were a plot point in the game, like if they were debating, like that's a huge thing to give up. Like, would you trade your past for power now? I mean, that's a huge ethical question, like, and really personal too. Like they could have, they could have really gone somewhere with these characters, maybe trying to decide if it was worth it to them to give up so much. You know, that could make them real heroes in this world. But no, <laughs> it was just well, angst. Yeah, fever dream. That's thing. Squall doesn't have that capacity. So therefore, the rest of the game could not logically. I'm with you. I wish they would have done that. I'm angry mm -hmm. about it. But. Uh, well, you look at the schools, these garden yeah, schools, schools as a heck. whole. Right. Yeah. Outside of the hot dogs, which are amazing, I'm sure. <laughs> and mm -hmm. that killer in library. It's a place where you lose your memory when they infect you with demon things. They give you gun blades and explosive weapons. The courtyard, the indoor park, is infested with monsters, including a T-Rex. And then it's the whole thing can fly Hogwarts. up in the air and, and take battle. Like, this is a death trap for kids. Yeah, Hogwarts. I love those T-Rexes, though. The first time you fight a T-Rex <laughs> is so awesome. It's just a T-Rex. They call yeah. it a T-Rexar, but that's a that's just a dinosaur. It's, it's a kind of great. <laughs> you know how all those dinosaurs probably got there? was the Vanish X-Zone trick from Final Fantasy VI. Like, that's where they all got teleported to. That's why <laughs> so monsters many. just keep showing up in the garden courtyard. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> what are these? Yeah, this is... Now I'm thinking of the uh, that meme, that anime, and the guy looking at a butterfly and saying, is this, you know, fill in the blank? Mm -hmm. You can put a T-Rex R in there. Like, is this training? <laughs> <laughs> is this a childhood? No. So, okay, it sounds like we've kind of gone from, now hear me out, Final Fantasy VIII is a great game, to, you know what? No, it's not. I don't know that anyone here was ever quite ready to say, it's great, it's great, and nothing's bad. <laughs> <laughs> I, I kind of, okay, so, again, to bring it full circle, as I like to do, I talked about very briefly at the top of the episode Final Fantasy 2 and I kind of feel like this is another attempt at what they tried to do with 2 
because uh, throughout the conversation at some point somebody has said uh, a lot of the things that are staples in Final Fantasy were taken out and replaced with things that are less. Um, you know, it doesn't quite look and feel and play like your typical Final Fantasy as we know it. And, and there are other parallels with Final Fantasy 2. If you grind early enough, you can OP everybody. The love story is not really that great. The characters are forgettable, or at least not people you would want to hang out with or idolize. And all those things are also true with 8. Um, you know, it's very easy to get very OP very early on if you decide to devote time to it. And, uh, you know, again, the characters, the love story, all of that. The difference, I think, is Final Fantasy 2, I've said, is a great RPG. The worst thing about it, or the reason people don't love it, is because it's called Final Fantasy. I feel like even if Final Fantasy VIII was not a Final Fantasy, it would still be a completely forgettable RPG. Yes or no? Well, it's funny. I think... I kind of think the opposite in that it's because it's a Final Fantasy game. I mean, I think that's where I land. Like, I don't know that eight would ever really be that special to me now. Like, I don't think I would have replayed it, but it's part of Final Fantasy. Right. And so, like, one through nine, eh, four through nine, with, like, a little bit of one through three in there. But, like, four through nine is, like, this core part of my childhood. And it meant so much to me. And it's, like, eight is a part of that, for better or for worse. Okay. <laughs> it's in there. So, sort of, the, not. it's not the opposite. I mean, I agree functionally, but it's because it has the name Final Fantasy that I can... Yes. That's the saving grace. Yeah. I feel like... A game with this story would never have been greenlit if it weren't for the fact that it were coming off the heels of Final Fantasy VII. Mm-hmm. I don't. It's Square taking risks with their stories a bit because their major comp- competition back then was Dragon Quest, right? And Dragon Quest was definitely a fantasy-oriented, you know, live or die type of RPG. Final mm-hmm. Fantasy had to go in a different direction, melding science and technology a little bit. But with eight, especially, that's when they kind of entered their turtleneck phase where all the heroes have to dress stylish like it's modern period. And and that's kind of what they've been doing for the recent ones as well, kind of, right? Like 13, lightning has got a very modern look. 15 is all about leather jackets and turtlenecks and stuff. So it's kind of a different style take. And I don't think I ever quite meshed with it. I don't think I ever, I could stick it out. Yeah, bring back suits of armor. We need more characters like, Kane yes. and Steiner. Uh, oh God, yeah. I, thank you. I was about. I was blanking on the name. Here we go. <laughs> nine. Apparently, they That's are sixteen. Looks too. to be like that, actually. Well, they did that also in twelve. They kind of brought back some of the medieval sort of stuff, but that's true. Yeah, twelve is a whole different thing. I'd like to see what would happen if they would pursue lightness a little bit more, and I don't mean like full on chibi necessarily, but just like. Final Fantasy Nine is so light and bright and has like a lot of joy in it, but it also has a pretty big emotional weight to it. Or Final Fantasy Seven even is like super heavy, but there's so much humor in it. And the humor in eight is there, but it kind of misses. And it just feels like like 13, which I played a lot of. I played all of 13. I didn't really play 15. I just couldn't even get through the intro. I was like, I'm good. 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm just well, like, I want to go back to something different. Nine. <laughs> The Studio Ghibli people need to do a Final Fantasy. Miyazaki, let him take on something. Oh, I know. Have you played Nino Kuni? No. Mm, That's pretty much what we asked for, GP. Yeah. yeah. Nino Kuni is basically that, and it's it's level five, if I'm not mistaken. The the people who did Dark Cloud, Rogue Galaxy, and oh, there was another one, and I can't think of it right now. Nino Kuni is great. It's like Final Fantasy and Pokemon and some other stuff. Like, it's so fun. I didn't play the second one very much, but the first one's awesome. I think the reason why people always want a Chrono Cross sequel is because it has that different feel than Final Fantasy. Yes. Right? Like when you just mentioned like nine, I think Chrono Cross has a similar theme to what I've seen of nine, where it's more of an innocence, more, more of a hope to the storyline and still lots of great mm-hmm. characters. Yeah, like stuff's happening. It's not just, you know, it's not totally frivolous. It's just it's a little more, I don't know, well-rounded maybe. Well, Nine walked that line really well of, you know, a, a story that had a lot of emotional weight and was kind of dark at times. You know, it, it made the circumstances feel hopeless, but then it wrote the characters in such a way that you could see them trying to go on, trying to be happy, trying to experience some level of joy and share it with their friends. You know, try not try to keep hope alive. And some of it was as simple as there's the, my favorite moment in nine is probably that moment with uh, Zidane and Vivi on the bridge. Where he teaches him how to urinate off the bridge yeah it's, it's <laughs> there's it's like all these moment. little sound effects or yeah. like tinkle 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 like it writes them in the text <laughs> yeah they're in the middle of this big fantastic adventure and zidane is like look at this have you ever done this this is kind of fun you know <laughs> it's it's something so simple and so stupid but it brings it, it brings a bit of humor but it's also zidane trying to bring joy to vivi whereas vivi is a very down character uh, in, in a lot his of his character, circumstances his whole deal is like so tragic i feel like he's one of the best characters in the franchise and yeah that's I got what, a little doll of him behind me <laughs> that's one of the sad things about eight is even my favorite character from eight irvine doesn't hold a candle to just about any other character I can think of from the Final Fantasy franchise outside of eight. Yes. Irvine is also my favorite and he's barely a character. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, we're, we're, while we're talking about funny things that are charming, how do you feel about memeable forced laughter in the middle of a game? Because Final Fantasy 10 might be something you need to look at. <laughs> <laughs> Here, I was thinking you were talking about, uh, the laugh tracks in Mystical Ninja 64. Oh. No, I need to go back. That was one of my... Sorry, never mind. That's on my list of things I need to play. Mystical Ninja. Because in that case, I loved it. But... Yeah. <laughs> I, I've, I've explained before about that moment in 10. I defend it. I don't think it was as bad as everybody says. But that's because <laughs> the context of how it came about makes sense. Sure. Yeah. I'm not going to hate on it. It's something we can all say we remembered at least. And 
between that and the the heavy metal track from from 10 i mean mistakes were made so eight we keep going <laughs> off on tangents about how great the other games are that i keep thinking yeah i <laughs> do i want to bring everybody eight, down and be like hey we're talking about eight the eight has a few redeeming qualities and moments the problem is they're peppered into a mostly unimpressive game. And I feel like most of the best moments from eight were non-playable moments anyways, whether it was, yeah. well, you know, yeah, the CG and, and the music, I think if, if you were going to make a list of all the aspects of eight, I got to put the, the OST up there is probably the best part. Absolutely. The music is very up there. Yeah. yeah, and I'm I'm looking at some of the like promotional art for it right now and the concept art and it's so cool, right? It's like just the kind of thing you'd want to have on your early internet era computers where you're like I'm going to look at fan websites. Like I get <laughs> why it has a place for when it was made because there's this really striking appeal. I mean, I remember doing that like looking at websites that people made about this game that they loved because it was so pretty. And the art is cool. It's really cool. There's stuff I'm looking at right now. Like I would encourage everyone to just like look some yeah. of this up that like, I don't even think these are scenes that really happen in the game. They just did some cool art for it. So, you know, it draws yeah. you in and you're like, oh, okay. I mean, fun. I don't, I don't want a feathered collar but I am thinking about wearing two belts that don't really hold up my pants. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's why it's a wallet chain, just to keep the belts up. Yeah. That's great. So yeah, this is, this is not a timeless game, is what I'm hearing you say. It's more, well, like you said, I understand it for that moment in history and, and, and all that, but uh, it is not, it's not that it didn't even age well, it's just, it, it's not timeless. It's not, yeah, it's more like rather than timeless, it's a part of history. <laughs> <laughs> or that can just kind of stay there. <laughs> but we can all acknowledge that it's there. Like you said, for better or worse, it was something that uh, that happened that we were all into. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, like Jinkos. <laughs> right? You guys wore Jinkos too, right? Please? I don't I don't know what that means. <gasps> you don't know what Jinkos are? No. No. I didn't know giant about them baggy and... jeans. Oh, yeah. I mean, people fit, had those. You could fit an sure. entire two-liter bottle in the back pocket. Yeah, awesome. I, I can picture them. I don't think I realized they had a name. Some people yeah. called them the type of jeans pipes because they were just such big tubes around your legs. Okay, okay. Well, I may have revealed too much about me in the 90s today. Anyone could have guessed that. I just didn't know they were called that. Yeah, yeah, probably some frosted tips, right? Okay, now hold on. Before, <laughs> yeah, yeah. before you say something to hurt somebody, <laughs> my senior pictures are lit. It's not hurtful if it's true. That's true. Hey, you know, what can I say? Justin Timberlake stole it from me. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, we that's can't judge true. anybody for how they dress in the 90s. That's just not fair to anybody. Yeah. Thank you. Jake gets it. But I did have the frosted tips, and they look good. So with that said, I wanted to say thank you, Captain High Five, for, I guess, quote, Helping unquote, us try defending. to redeem this game. <laughs> but I love, if, if as we go back and listen to the episode, there's going to be that moment where we were all... Hopeful. Uh, ...present to, to watch the veil be pulled out 
uh, from Captain Hi-Fi regarding the, as it was called, fever dream of Squall. You know, like, that was, that was special. I think that was the turning point in the episode where she went from maybe it's okay to, you know what? No. I'm mad about it. crossed a line. Yeah, I'm mad about it. I don't want to feel betrayed by things that I like and definitely don't love anymore. Here's where I'm at with eight. I do want to go back and play it now knowing that it is a fever dream. Because it's, like I said, I haven't played this since 99, maybe 2000, something like that. And this game, I fell asleep in battles and woke up to game over screens with Final Fantasy. <laughs> oh I, my gosh, wait, me too. More I than once. falling asleep playing it after school because I just couldn't walk through this city anymore and I woke up and I was like what what the hell I was playing fine okay and I that's that's not to say I didn't fall asleep playing Final Fantasy 7 because I would stay up so late playing Final Fantasy 7 I would fall asleep but at least in 7 I would fall asleep in towns or during a dialogue whatever in 8 I fell asleep in battles like three or four times yeah. I would yeah. wake up to a game over screen and end up having to load back an hour. If the oh, if no. the battle can't keep me awake and I let's I mean I'm I'm tired. Oh. I, I give it that. It's like three, four in the morning. I'm playing Final Fantasy. I should be asleep. But seven never let me fall asleep during a battle, at least. Eight did. <laughs> that that, that sums sad. it up. That's pretty bad. But I do want to go back and give it a shot, knowing it's a fever dream. Maybe now knowing that before I fire it up, getting to the end of disc one, I'll be able to sort of treat that as the adventure. And then the rest of the game treat as Squall while his mind crumbles apart at the end of his life. I don't know. You'll have to let me know how that goes because the game is pretty fresh for me and it's just making me mad. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll, I'll watch it. But I have to ask you, because you referenced specifically disc one, will you be playing the discs or will you be playing the remaster? I'll probably go back and play it on my PlayStation. I, 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 am, wow. I have two copies wow. of the damn thing on PlayStation. That's bold because it's going to take you forever. Yeah. If you draw magic, I'm I'm impressed. Like even today when I play like an RPG, like GP, you you know this well, and I do the same thing you do. If I'm gonna play these RPGs on the SNES on an emulator, I'm fast forwarding through a lot of that crap. Yep. And it's it's not it's like what Captain I Five was saying. It's not that I don't enjoy grinding, but I got I got stuff to do. I got shit yeah. I gotta get to. I, I don't mind putting in the work, but let me fast forward through the work while I'm doing it. Yeah. Still counts. <laughs> Still counts. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay, so I think that's a yeah from everybody. So if you uh, had to rate the game, <laughs> I don't even want to. Like out of ten. Oh, I regret asking this because I just feel uncomfortable. <laughs> well then let me ask it in the most innocent but convoluted way ever. On a scale from one to ten, one being two and ten being six. It makes sense in Final Fantasy world. Where would you rank Final Fantasy eight? five i put it below five i mean it's like giving a review to an employee who's a nice person but isn't doing their job and you're like ah i don't want to hurt your feelings you just suck 
it's the horrible customer service person who is constantly on time for their shift, and that's the only good thing. Squall. Right? Yeah. Squall, we need to talk to your manager about your performance. You, you, you're Ooh, too is, grumpy with the customers. Yeah. Is, is Squall manager. a Karen? I feel like... <laughs> Just no, Quistus is the Karen, I think. Quist, <laughs> no, I love Quistus. No, I like Quistus it too, is, but she's definitely Quistus one is a badass. Quistus is a teacher that hit on a student. Also Let's creepy. not forget what that really was. It's very, very weird. Yeah. She takes him to mandatory training at like midnight to be like, "I want to tell you something." That's not cool. <laughs> no, that's... that's why I think getting older made the game harder. <laughs> So that's why it's so popular with with the high school kids. Yeah, like the unrequited. That, yeah, you're like, ooh, yeah, teenagers. This could totally happen. Yeah, totally. And then playing it now, you're like, oh no, oh dude, stop, stop. <laughs> but now I like Final Fantasy two more than Final Fantasy eight. Now that that's the frame of it. I might need to replay Final Fantasy two. Well, okay. Well, if you do, let me know because yeah. I I only played through it that one time. And it was, it was it, you know, it exists. It's a yeah. thing that happened. I played through it once and I can't remember anything about it. Yeah, there's bullet points, but not much more. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I want to say thank you so very much, Captain High Five, for uh, fitting us into your schedule and being a part of this. Um, we hope that we'll get to have you back again sometime soon. Oh, my gosh. And... Yes. Thank you so much. Thanks for waiting. I know we've been trying to do this for a long time. So I was so happy to be here. This was really fun. Good. Good. I'm glad you enjoyed it. And uh, any any final thoughts from the other two gentlemen, Sick Jake and Werewolf? Uh, I'll try and be polite. But uh, <laughs> no, it, is it a bad game? <clears throat> Probably. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> but no, you know what it is, though? For me, it comes down to graphics, gameplay, story, right? This really only hits on the one for me, and that's the graphics, right? The presentation, the style is there, but the story uh, is just all over the place. It's a mess, and the gameplay with the junctions and the, the draw magic. This game is a total mess for me, and I think it's more. It's not them. It's me. It's it's, it's a me problem with modern Final Fantasies. I think where sometimes they try different things and it doesn't pan out, and eight was just so bad. It really. It really derailed me off of RPGs on the PlayStation for quite a while. So so wow. this would be like a 2 out of 10 for me. There's so just... many of the games I'd rather play. Chrono Cross, Wild Arms, Landstalker, or whatever the hell it was. There's so many games I'd rather <laughs> play than this trash. But you anyway. Just, you just broke up with a Final Fantasy game. That's not you as me. <laughs> wow. like, I'm, I'm impressed. Just, that's, just not my GF, that's, GP. That, that's, every night before I go to bed, I one of my rituals is to say, what did I learn today? And that's what I learned, is that Sick Jake can break up with video games. And, and I'm, I'm impressed. And I'm about to follow that up with uh, me and Final Fantasy VIII can still be friends, though. Because oh, it, sure. there's there's two points. Uh, one, Final Fantasy VIII is better than thirteen, And I know that's a low bar, but I'm saying it's way better than thirteen because for all the things eight gets wrong, thirteen I felt like got a lot worse wrong, you know? And I know sure. that's barely English, but that's that's what talking about eight and thirteen does to me. <laughs> and then, well, it's the eight, eight also accomplished one thing. It, it it actually did it. It met my rule. Two hours in, if I'm interested, I'll keep playing. And eight does that. 
in the first two hours, it pulls me in and it makes me want to know what's going to happen. And that's that's just my hard rule for RPGs in general. If I'm going to put that many hours into a game, it has to pull me in early. And 8 at least does that. And two hours, I think, is a generous window. Like, in a good way. I mean that, like, you're giving it a fair shot. Yeah, well, yeah. I I came up with that rule playing... Uh, Star Ocean till the end of time on the PS2. I don't mm. remember if it's three or four because I loved Star Ocean 2 on the PlayStation. So I was like, hey, another Star Ocean. I'll play it. And I played it. I gave that game three hours and I just didn't care about anything. So <laughs> that was the end of that one for me. And that's when I was like, all right, that's what developed my rule. If I can't get into it in two hours, I'm done. <laughs> it's a good rule i like it i always have um and it makes me think about how many games i probably should have not played because of that two-hour rule so I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of the opposite it's not a rule but it's like well i've already sunk two hours and might as well do another 18 because I don't, <laughs> I don't i don't i don't learn but uh that's good and then final thoughts from you uh captain i5 mm, well i played final fantasy 8 Mm, probably in the early 2000s i played it again <laughs> in <laughs> this year 2021 and maybe i'll play it again in 2040 we'll see <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know what three three times or like once every you know 10 years it's not yeah, it's not once bad. every 20 <laughs> i don't know <laughs> all right very cool and then for an idea for like um listener engagement or people who are on our discord what i'll do the day that we release this episode is post a link for a character quiz to find out which <laughs> character from final oh, fantasy yes. you are and then you know for anybody who knows the characters we can have the discussion as to why you don't agree with the character that you got because i don't think anybody's going to agree with what they got and then <laughs> why you're in denial for example when i did mine i i got uh idea and uh I wanted to rage against the dying of the light, but I have kind of come to figure out that, yeah, that's me. That's fine. Well, we can't all be Tyrannosaurus, GP. <laughs> <laughs> Just once, though. Uh, all right. So, again, that said, um, thank you for joining us. Let's tell everybody where you can uh, be found. Where we'll, we'll start with you. Tell everybody who you are. Uh, Twitch and Twitter, streaming various games right now. Retro mostly. <laughs> totally prepared for that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, but yeah, that's Werewolf. W-A-R-E-W-U-L-F-F. -F. Google it. Tell Google you meant it. Oh my God, that feels so good to be able to say. That Doesn't feels it like though? like Werewolf's tagline. <laughs> and I finally, I did the Werewolf thing and that, I got chills. I'm shaking. You can't see it, but I'm, I'm sick, Jake. Yeah, I'm sick, Jake. You can find me on Twitch and Twitter. Uh, I haven't streamed very much lately. I say this, I swear, every damn month. But uh, I am climbing out of my Final Fantasy XIV hole, so I will hopefully mm. get away from that that time sink soon. <laughs> but we'll see. Yeah, Twitch and Twitter. Okay, and Captain High Five, where can people find you? Well, I stream on Twitch under Captain High Five, but... Also, the last two months have been very, very, very quiet. I hope to get back more in August. Um, and I have a link tree because I also do a lot of art. I like drawing. So 
I have a one of those coffee shops and I post some things on Instagram sometimes. So if you were to go to Linktree, you know that like L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash Captain High Five, then the whole hub is there about Twitch and coffee and Instagram, all that stuff. Yeah, very talented. Oh, um, thank you. I, well, of course, I've seen a lot of your work. I've heard your singing voice and I hope someday to catch you on stage because you're, you're fantastic. Aw, oh, thanks. Course, I keep busy. Uh, yeah, I am uh, Guy Prime, and you can find me here having fun, or, of course, on twitch.tv slash theretrotherapy, and then we have all of the usual uh, social media platforms as well. So follow us on Discord. You can check us out on Patreon. We've got a lot of cool bonus stuff there. And until next time, everybody, continue to bring your B-game. Even after becoming an instructor, I couldn't stop thinking about Squall. <laughs> That's the longest one you've done. I'm impressed. Special thanks to Arthur the Ancient on SoundCloud for our podcast theme. Listen to more episodes on our website, pressbetocancel.com. As well, feel free to like or subscribe at Apple and Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, or anywhere else you like to listen to your favorite shows. Thank you to our supporters on patreon.com slash cancel. Your money helps keep this ball rolling. And as always, thank you to all our listeners. This has been... Cancel.